You are listening to Berlinotech. This is a podcast about inspiring people that are still chasing their dreams in the German capital. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 11 of Berlinotech. Today, my guest is Lady Lou. She's a burlesque artist, and we are going to talk about burlesque today. Um, thanks for accepting my invitation, and thanks for having me at your place. I would like to start this uh, episode by asking how and when did you fall in love with burlesque? Okay, yeah, good question. We're going to start right from the beginning, I guess, is a good place. Uh, so it was, it must have been about 13, 14 years ago. Um, I was living in Berlin and my girlfriends and I, we decided we wanted to go on a girly night out and dress up and, you know, put the high heels on, the dress on, the makeup on. Um, and these days it is not easy to find a place, uh, a cool place that you can dress up and go out. I mean, it's just such a casual jeans and t-shirts, streetwear culture that we live in. Um, but we heard that there's a thing called a burlesque show where you can go along and dress up. And, um, so we thought, great, that's what we're going to do. And we went out and I had no idea what to expect. I didn't really know what burlesque was at all. And we were sitting there waiting for the first performer to come out. And then there she was. And she was beautiful. Wow. I almost fell off my chair. I was just so enchanted by this woman. She was so glamorous. Her costume was so elaborate and so beautiful and so feminine and just like a pure fantasy. And But it wasn't only that she looked gorgeous and glamorous. It was also the fact that she was a woman in her 40s okay. and when she stripped down and stripped off her costume, she revealed a body that was not perfect. And before I, had, before I came to this show, before I saw her, I would have assumed that a woman on stage taking her clothes off in front of an audience for had money to be, had to be, had to be so perfect. Tall, slim, perfect breasts, perfect butt. And that's just the assumption that you make. Um, and she was completely defying all of those cliches and yet she was up there looking super, super hot, like so sexy, owning, owning it. it. Well, yeah. And she was on fire and she was so strong, so powerful, so inspiring. And you could tell she was absolutely loving what she was doing as well. She was super excited to be there. And, and it really looked like she was turned on. Like, it really looked like she was, like, sexually aroused to be doing that. And wow, like, so many wows in that moment. It probably was completely different than what you expected it to be Completely different. And it had such a profound effect on me. Like, you know, I reflected about myself and I was like, well, 
I've always had so many insecurities about my body not living up to this perfect, you know, ideal. Like, you know, to have something like cellulite. Oh my God. I always thought this was the worst thing that could Mm -hmm. ever happen to me. And it's the most embarrassing, unattractive thing. And then there she was up on stage, like cellulite didn't matter, didn't Mm -hmm. really matter. And because it didn't matter to her, it didn't matter to the audience. And uh, that's a really powerful message that, you know, came really straight to the heart for me. And so it really sort of also changed the perspective on on what I thought was not sexy and and the potential for myself. So what went from um, that um, that show mm. and you actually starting doing it? So then I got pretty addicted to burlesque. <laughs> like I was going to a lot of shows, looking at a lot of performers, and just being really inspired. That was like in a really important life-changing thing that I discovered in London. And also another life-changing moment was I met a German man. And uh, then we started dating and he brought me to Berlin a couple of times to visit. And I, we just fell in love with Berlin, so we decided to move here. And that was 12 years ago. And there was just a very, very small burlesque scene at that time. There was one burlesque troupe, uh, the Teaserettes, and there was one show um, called the Wild Rose Review, and that was only maybe two times a year. And I was really disappointed because I really needed burlesque, actually. Yeah, Yeah, I really needed it, and then there was not much. And it was just definitely not enough to feed my insatiable hunger that I had for burlesque. So then... I thought to myself, well, okay, so if there is not a huge scene here and not big enough for what I want, then why don't I get off my ass and try to make it happen? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, then um, I just started and um, got up there on the stage and was so completely completely nervous I've never been more nervous in my whole entire life Mm -hmm. and um, a lot of doubt and a lot of insecurities come to the surface when you try something like this I was really worried about what my boyfriend was thinking (laughs) uh, what my colleagues would think because I was working in a kindergarten at the time were people actually supportive like uh, when you started how did that go because um, I, I think that a lot of people, when they think about taking burlesque to a serious level like you do, yes. they might also think, oh, what are the other people going to think? Yes, know? definitely. I mean, I see it in my students as well uh, when they're first starting to put together their first act. They are very self-conscious of what their people in their close circle are thinking. Um, and yeah, there are sometimes some strange reactions just because they don't really know what it is. And as soon as they hear that there is striptease involved, they make assumptions and, um, yeah, there can be strange feelings surrounding it. But I very quickly learned that, um, because in the beginning I was insecure about it and about myself and about what they thought 
then I was an easy target to be made fun of or to be put down. And um, But as soon as I became more confident in what I do and I owned it and um, then these people then respected me and what I do and then became really interested in it. Okay. So actually this form of, I don't know, society say slut shaming um, and putting a woman down for expressing her sexuality, um, a way for us to, to change that is for us to, to really stand up and own what we do mm -hmm. and to say this is who I am and there's nothing wrong with it and uh -huh. um, you know I, I can so. see how I can see how because usually when when there's always that point in life where you know you don't want to have the nine to five job and you want to do something else usually related to art in general um, uh, I'm also a musician so I, I went through a similar not as hardcore but I went through a similar process at some point where actually my parents were always very supportive, but everyone else around me was just like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. um, you went to university, you did the, you know, the usual path so far. Mm -hmm. Why are you going somewhere else now? What you have is perfectly fine, blah, blah, blah. And I can see how we'd, for example, burlesque, not only it's an, a, a, an art, as on top of that, there's the matter of sexuality, mm -hmm. and it, it's just, it can blow up quite easily, but it's true that you have to own it. I guess you have, there's a point where you just go like, look, this is what I'm gonna do. Either you accept it or not, and that's up to you. But yep. yeah, and come along to a show, come along to a workshop, come have fun get involved, and, and you will see, and you will be inspired for sure. Mm -hmm. And then they, they always are. I mean, also, um, I'm a mother, so I have two children, and you know, sometimes when you meet new mothers, mum friends at the kita or at the oh, school. Yes. I didn't, didn't think about that. Yeah, of course, this yeah. can also be one of those scenarios. Okay, do I tell them what I do now? Have you had that conversation? Or do I not or, tell them? Yeah. I'm just completely, absolutely upfront with who I am because I'm not ashamed of it. Of course. And I don't think what I do is bad. I Actually, the opposite. I have a lot to offer these mums. Mm, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and I I think because I'm so honest, sometimes honest that it's so brutal that it sort of slaps them in the face with my honesty and upfront. But I think it's the best And they're way to taken start. aback yeah. in the beginning yeah. that I would talk about this in mm. a child setting as well. And for me, that is so completely normal for women and mums to talk about their sexuality. Um, and so once they sort of get over the initial shock, mm -hmm. <laughs> Then you find that they come to you and they're like, oh, so tell me more uh, about that burlesque thing. And when are your yeah, workshops? Yeah, that's that's and, ironic, isn't it? You know, so. But I think it's and when you get in a, when you have something that is slightly, I don't want to use the word, the word unusual, but like obviously they're not expecting a mom to, to be a burlesque artist. Mm. It's not the, the first oh, thing no. they think about. Yes. But Mums I think are not supposed to be sexual. No, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Even though we're expected to have more children and have sex, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's this taboo that we're not actually supposed to be sexual that is beings. That's true, that is true. Doesn't and make any sense. I think it's important, I think, that whenever you get to a new environment, uh, you just instead of beating around the bush, you just go, look, this is who I am and that's it you know if you start off like that then it can only get better from that point onwards and it's what I can imagine perfectly other moms going like ah oh, so I heard you do this you know you know sort of beating around the bush exactly yeah. that kind of yeah, that's yeah, cool yeah. 
But that's pretty. I mean, I guess it's great to start like that, and then yeah. from that point onwards, it's it's just much better for everyone. Exactly. It? It's yeah. Push through that social awkwardness. <laughs> just, <laughs> just on that. that I love. I love social awkwardness. Actually, it's Once my new favorite it, hobby. It is, it is a cool to, hobby. <laughs> to really cool hobby. push the boundaries of what people should and shouldn't say, and just do it and see what happens. See Once what unfolds. Once you get to the point where it's comfortable to to sort of handle it, then it's a lot of fun. Mm. I guess. Yeah. Um, so you've you've said twelve years you've been uh, yes. been in, in Berlin, in Berlin. For, and you've yes. been doing burlesque ever since in several different ways. Yes, um, you've also um, learned about burlesque in London, and I'm assuming maybe it's not true, but I'm assuming that uh, in New Zealand where you're from, you also mm-hmm. maybe you've done events on it or maybe did some stuff of in, I haven't burlesque there. done any burlesque in New Zealand actually I okay. because I only go back for a short time briefly to see my family holiday and, and, and okay. yeah and um, they kind of asked me to leave Lady Lou at in home <laughs> so you don't travel with yeah. Lady Lou no I don't travel when it's a family mission uh, <laughs> yeah baggage. yeah Lady Lou takes up a lot of space and the but family I'm, is like okay. oh but I'm sure okay. you aware of what's happening in in terms of burlesque back home a little bit or yeah you'll know there is stuff, a scene right? there for sure stuff. there is festivals and a scene yes yeah. how, how would you compare from what you know in terms of you've got uh, i guess auckland more because you're from there you've got london and you've got berlin can you see differences in those three places in terms of how burlesque is approached or how people do it or or, or what they think about it as well There is a different atmosphere in the community. Uh, some cities, unfortunately, have communities that they're not working together. They're working separately. Some cities, you know, have a really strong sense of community. Uh, Berlin, um, fortunately, is one of those cities that the burlesque scene, um, yeah, has a has a great great feeling of working together it's not easy um when you have so many artists and egos and projects and you know but yeah there is a really nice atmosphere in berlin and also it's it has a lot to do with whoever were were the pioneers of um starting the neo burlesque the new burlesque scene and reviving it in the city depending on their attitude their style Um, that has a huge influence as well in the beginning of what the scene is. And in Berlin, it was very much a, a neo-wild style, artistic, freaky, expressionistic um, kind of style. Sort of reflecting exactly what the what the city is about, I guess. The, yeah, the I mean, because, it, yeah, the audience, the Berlin audience, they, well, they right? want something that's provocative, that's provoking, that's something... Edgy. Yeah. Edgy, exactly. They're not looking for just pretty glamour. It's not really a glamorous city, is it? It's not why we're here. No. Um, we want to, I don't know... Um, see things that we've never seen before and um, things that lead us to be shocked but also think like mm-hmm. well what does that that mean and uh, that don't fit into the norm uh, so that was very much what the Berlin burlesque scene was like in the in the beginning Has it changed um, a lot in the last Of course, when something becomes more popular, more mainstream, and as well, you do have to cater to different audiences. And, you know, it's not that 
if we have one style of burlesque, it just becomes boring. So, of course, there are other influences. There's the classic burlesque. There's, like, more 20s style. Um, there is, like, um, drag um, mm-hmm. burlesque. Um, and so and there's different artists from different parts of the world always coming into the city and adding to the sort of melting pot of different themes as well, which is great. It makes it really colorful. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so there is a wide variety of different types of burlesque here in Berlin. Okay. Something maybe I didn't get it well. So you've got Lady Lou, but then you've got several characters at the same time. When I'm preparing a performance, um, they have different themes. So um, each each act, I play a different character, yes. Yeah. And um, I don't... Some performers definitely stick to the one style and the one sort of genre. I'm not one of those performers. I get too bored when I am... Oh, I, cool, I love to reinvent myself and um, Keeps it interesting someone. for you as well, yeah. rather than just for the audience. And I, yeah. yeah, and I do that in my personal life as well, constantly reinventing myself. And and you adjust each one of the characters to a different kind of uh, show as well? Or how would you know, oh, this, show, this is perfect for this show? A good burlesque performance is not about putting on a glamorous, sexy uh, set of lingerie and a dress... And dancing around and taking that off. That is the equivalent of a very bad burlesque Yeah, it sounds basic, yeah. What a good burlesque act is, is um, taking your audience on a journey. And that's a fantasy. It's a look into your sexuality, your femininity, what that means to you, whether that's freaky or weird or wild. And um, it should sort of tell a story doesn't have to be literally a story uh but there should be a, a atmosphere um a feeling uh, a theme um a message or um you know because it is a form of entertainment as well it's not just about the body um it's about expression and so each of my acts are really choose a topic and like for example one act I'm a superhero and I'm saving the world and then the next act I'm a dark witch character black magic um, character really evil and then another performance I do you know I'm just a glamour goddess and very beautiful and glamorous Uh and but can you keep um, this might be a silly question, but yeah. can you keep track of all these characters? Is there a point where like, oh, how was, what was I doing the other day? And I had this idea because it's split into so many different personas. Yeah. Uh, oh, or no. is there a recurring character? Oh, no, I love it. Like as soon <laughs> as I put on the costume and, you know, these costumes that I make, um, they take me sometimes up to five months to make a costume. So you also do your own costumes? I, yes, oh, so yeah. Burlesque performers are making their own. You, there's mm-hmm. no shop that you can go into and then walk out it's with also a very personal, burlesque costume in, in, the, in the shopping bag. It's also quite personal. It's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when so you a, want to also do your own Oh, totally. Clothes. When a burlesque performer has spent five months and God knows how much money yeah. and time oh, making yeah. that costume, she's getting on that stage and she's going, look what I made. <laughs> 
Isn't it amazing? Oh my god! And you live it and breathe it. That that uh, that character that you've you've okay. developed and created over that time, and you you've seen her evolve as the costume evolves, and you can really delve really deep into that story and that fantasy while making the costume and the choreography and just get right into to that world. And so as soon as I put that costume on, I am that woman. And it's so much fun to play different characters. Because yes, I think women okay. are very complex, you sure. know. Yeah. I think we do have different uh, ways, different moods and different um, preferences and different likes, depending on the day, the week, whatever, where we are, you know. And um, I think to express all the different hats that women put on. It also um, makes sense to have several Yes, and when you're yeah. expressing your sexuality, for sure. Different likes and dislikes, depending on what mood you're in. Okay. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. But you actually mentioned something that I had not thought about, which is that... So a burlesque performance is not only about, I guess, the personality of the character, but also uh, the clothing, which I hadn't thought about. So sure. Because you do your Big own, part of you, it. you create Huge a costume, part of it. Yep. and there's a performance itself, and there's the message you want to send the story. Mm. So the, I had not thought about the clothing part, which I think is also a big, a big part of it in the end, because as you said... Takes you months to do it, and mm. then at some point you're like, "I want to show this to yeah. you because it's so much work." Yeah, and, you know, I want. It. So it's that's quite interesting. I think I didn't. I did mm. not think about that before. Yeah. So most of the time, um, the if you see a burlesque performance, that is a one woman show. She's doing everything. She's cutting her own music. She's doing her own. Uh, promotion her own contacts to producers she's making her own costumes she's making her own choreography um, she's traveling around Europe on her own um, yeah it's a one-woman show and like burlesque performers are some of the strongest women that you will meet because we have to go through so much work and um, judgment and personal insecurities to get to that stage and own it and bring it and enjoy it. And, um, you know, and also like the criticism that sometimes you receive. Um, it's really for any artist to get a critique, mm -hmm. uh, a bad critique. Uh, it is, of course, really shattering. <laughs> yes, but at the same but, time, it's, it's not only uh, about criticizing the artist but maybe also criticizing the approach to being a woman i guess exactly in that sense. and because you're putting you're so vulnerable because you're putting your opening up and showing your sexuality and your body There's so many angles that you can criticize so people. many angles yeah, yeah. so that is a really tough part of the job as well is it a very indie in the sense that so you were just saying so you, you do your own clothes you yep. you organize your own shows events etc is it is it a very indie kind of diy um, a business or art absolutely and there are no rules as well there are no like proper qualifications that you have to have or restrictions or rules or who can do it and who can't do it anyone can get up on that stage I mean you have to be damn good 
and really passionate and motivated to get anywhere, sure, anyone can get up and do one show. Sure. But whether or not you're going to make it in the but industry, you just have to be yeah. you have to be really good. And you have to have something special, an angle, uh, something. Okay. Um, yeah. Can so, but yeah, world. there are no rules. It's really rock and roll. Um, <laughs> it is a and, rock and roll. Oh, and I love it. And I really hope that never changes. Of course. No matter yeah. how mainstream it gets, that um, that heart of it, that, yeah, there are no rules. Okay, there shouldn't cool, be. Though, no limits. Like, there just shouldn't be. There's always room for, for innovation if there are no rules, I think. I mean, yeah. it's an obvious statement, but I think it makes total sense. Yeah. So, and, and for example, so... First thing I thought when I was researching for this interview was, wait a second, so Berlin 100 years ago, the 20s, mm. was burlesque already a thing back then? Or we're talking about just cabaret in general? So for me, there's a there's a line where I, c I can't really define yeah, things. Yeah, it but wasn't the burlesque that we know now. Mm -hmm. um, like you said, it was a mix of cabaret and theater and, uh, and, and also club and performance, yeah. club acts, like in the, the bars. And um, it was actually a lot more naked. Like, okay. um, so the performers were often just completely nude. Um and yeah, so it was slightly different, but of course, like, it's like how to define burlesque really. So it's a woman taking her costume while dancing, while acting, um, and being naked. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, could be a lot of things. We were just talking about just before we started the interview that the most surprising thing for me about burlesque is that, especially, I guess it's a recent, it's more of a recent trend that burlesque is also empowering women through, yes. uh, you know, uh, through being more confident mm -hmm. with, with more confident w about their bodies, about, um, you know, what society or what people in general think about mm -hmm. it. So that's a really interesting twist, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's a more of a recent thing, you would say? Mm. Or it's always been there, but it was never as explored as now, you think, as well? I think in the past, it's hard to sort of say, but... Um, like in the 40s and 50s in America, it was actually illegal to do, uh, to perform burlesque. Um, you know, they thought it was disgraceful, sinful, and yeah. So, but these clubs, of course, um, they didn't just shut down, they just went underground. And so these women had to defy the law to do what they do and I mean that must have been pretty empowering actually it takes a really sure. bad ass strong <laughs> woman to you know go and keep doing that and but society just shunned and uh, shamed and um, those women as well so I don't know it's hard to say but the new wave of burlesque is definitely about female empowerment there's a okay. strong strong element of okay. that um, and that's why I've been so passionate about burlesque for so long that's really the the fuel that uh -huh. is my you know fuels my fire and yeah, I uh, think it's really the most surprising thing for me um, um, because as I was saying before for me burlesque my very basic idea of it was of a show 
And uh, I had never thought about it as a way to make uh, you know, women more confident about you know, just being women, I guess, and uh, by just sort of challenging all, this, all the cliches and, and standards and stereotypes. So I think that's pretty, that's a very interesting twist to it. And I think a lot of, even a lot of women might not know about that. So it's not just about when you go to a, as we were talking about before, going on to a, to a burlesque event or workshop. It's not, not just about having a few drinks and having fun. It's also about, oh, there's something else to it. And I think that's, that, that gives a really interesting twist to it, I think. So one thing you were also mentioning, so you were saying that in the 40s, 50s, um, things went underground because they were illegal. Mm -hmm. But there was a time, so just a few years before that, 20s and 30s maybe, things were seen as a, a, just a normal art. Burlesque was seen as something that it was fine, uh, legal Legally, I guess. Yeah, I mean, do. yes, in the 20s. Um, uh, the, so I think, was it 1915, something, mm -hmm. 1910? Um, it was not allowed that, that women show so much skin. Mm -hmm. And so they had to come up with creative ways of... Mm -hmm. um, doing this type of performance and um so there was this thing where women could be like a life drawing class they could be like a statue as long as they didn't move they could be somewhat naked okay so then they would make these shows where the women were naked but pretending to be statues and okay. so yeah it's just always about bending the rules and then when it was um, illegal as well, so the police would um, come and raid these clubs and try to catch these naked, <laughs> law-breaking yeah. rebel women. But if that's why pasties were invented, these things that stick to the nipples, to the breasts, uh, because women could then, they could stand there and say, well, mm. sir, I'm not naked. True. <laughs> My breasts are covered yeah. um, and I'm wearing underwear. Yes, it might be very, 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 very small, <laughs> but I'm covered. True, true. So, yeah, these were just ways of, of bending the rules. Rebel okay. woman, yes, go. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> now, I was mentioning that because I think it's interesting and you notice that in many different uh, artistic endeavors or in the world in general that, you know, 20s and 30s was a time of experimentation, but then it's like everyone went like, whoa, whoa, this is going a bit too far. Let's just go a bit backwards in terms of, you know, freedom and all that stuff. Yes. And then a lot of countries just went backwards completely. Yes. And the 20, that's why also you have the 20s and the 30s, it, it, the early 30s at least. It's it's a time where people are just going a bit crazy and then yeah. suddenly, what? Well, it's too far. Too much fun. Backwards. Too and much And several, fun. several yeah. things. So that's, yeah. that's why I was asking that. Exactly um, what happened, yeah. Is, is um, so nowadays Berlin is quite open to burlesque and there's a lot, of, there's a lot more happening, you Yeah, think? yeah. There's a very big thriving scene here. Yeah, there's two festivals uh, that happen um and there's regular shows and um bars where you it's can quite see a lot burlesque. happening yeah, it's, it's yeah, quite different yeah. than when you arrive and it's yep, there's a lot yep. more happening yeah yeah it's all happening now okay. which i'm super proud and um so happy to see it grow in such a healthy way and yeah cool and how uh you do your own so at the moment um i guess you're a bit busier because you have two kids yes but at the moment what are you doing uh, in terms of events are you organizing just workshops or just yeah. events tell, tell us a bit yes. more about so that. yeah like you say having two children i especially after my second son i had to 
think about uh, where I wanted to take my uh, burlesque career because I couldn't do it all anymore. Um, and my strength is empowering women through burlesque. So I have um, really sort of decided that this is what I'll focus on. So I've been um, producing an event which specifically uh, does this. It's called Bedroom Burlesque Boudoir. And uh, so I choose burlesque performers who really um, inspire and provoke um, ideas of uh, feminism and body positivity, sex positivity, um, and diversity. Um, and also because I've been in the industry so long and meeting so many amazing women and having the opportunity to talk and to learn from these women, I just can't keep all of this amazing fabulousness to myself anymore. I want to share it with all of the women out there because it's so inspiring and it's just um, really helped me to develop as a woman and to be to to love myself um so I also invite these guest speakers um these women who I know have many different types of perspectives on um female empowerment and um give them an opportunity to to share that with the audience and uh, also the burlesque performers who I invite, I get them to write their own introductions because I found for so many years producing shows and performing, the, the, the audience, they, they get to watch the show and it's great and then they go home. Maybe they get a little bit, a tiny feeling of, okay, there's something else going on here. Like, what is her story and why was she performing in that particular way? Or, um, But you don't really get under the surface and I think under that surface is such an important message. So I get my burlesque artists who write their own in introductions and to say what burlesque really means to them and what they had to go through in order to get there. Um, and then I read that out before the, the performer comes on. And that way the audience can really connect with the performer and uh, respond to her um, her performance in such a, a, in a deeper level. Um, not which, only that, I think, I think if you do that, I think it's also important for the audience to see that this is not some sort of random superhero. Yes. These people had to struggle to get where they yeah. are, and it's a process, and mm. it, in, in theory, everyone can, can do it. You know, yes. just need to start. Yeah. And it's not the easiest path, but who knows? Yes. Maybe you can get there one day. Yeah, and they That's weren't an born confident and talented and feminine like that. They weren't born like that. Yeah. They had to struggle to get there and they yeah it's a very interesting learning process i think and that's it's good that you mentioned that at the beginning of the show so it's not usually i think in all sorts of performances people just assume ah this person's just a superhero you know they're just born like that yeah and i mean on the field i know a bit better uh in music it's like that so you go to a gig and you think oh this yeah. this art is amazing amazing yes. stuff so confident yes it's born like that no yeah. it's, it's 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 a path it's, it's yeah a, it's um Totally. Path, yeah. I mean, in my workshops, I see women put so much pressure on themselves to naturally be feminine. Like when I get them to put their high heels on and I do the part of the workshop where I teach them how to walk in high heels. And if they can't do that, they really punish themselves for it and really put themselves down. And I have to take them and I have to say, look, 
like no one's born with this talent mm. <laughs> it's because it's not natural look yeah, at it yeah, we're yeah. walking on these ridiculous <laughs> things it is not natural not, it's true it's true and these to to be feminine like this it takes training it does it doesn't come to be sexy to find yourself to be liberated to to free yourself from all of these insecurities that hold us back from being truly sexy and and uh, you know truly us uh, expressing our sexuality skill, this is something you have skill. to learn it's almost even it a doesn't skill, come yeah. natural no, 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 no. like any performance in the end yeah. like any performance but women just put them, put themselves under so much pressure oh i'm not feminine so i'm is, never going to be is that one of the main issues you face when you're doing workshops that people have this idea women have this idea that they have to be sort of perfect from the beginning and they have to have this absolutely yeah. because society says that we should be and puts a tremendous amount of pressure on women that we should just be naturally beautiful Well, not naturally, because we should spend a hell of a lot of money on their products and then we will be beautiful. So we do that and then we're not feeling that feminine and that beautiful. So we've obviously think we're just naturally not, you know, fitting into that and we've failed. Mm -hmm. And so and then the downward spiral of insecurities and then. And then they just say, oh, fuck it. Well, I, I'm not feminine, so I'm just going to be a man and just going to uh, just, you know, mm. But there's something inside them that really does want to put on that dress and just yeah. wants to feel that and not to feel ashamed. It must be quite a relief, I think, that once you realize that you don't need to be completely unnatural and fake about it, you can just you know, let it go a little bit, I guess. And that's perhaps one of the main obstacles you want to uh, eliminate once you do your workshops to so these people that you, know, you can just chill out. You can just have a good time and exactly. enjoy the ride as well. And you don't have to fit into this one box, this True. one idea of what feminine and sexy should look like. Yeah, which is the whole point of burlesque almost. Exactly. Right? It yeah. could be weird, wild, freaky, sad, funny, anything you mm -hmm. want it to be. Take yeah. it and make it yours. Yeah, make it your own thing, yeah. True. One thing I forgot to, uh, to, to ask before... You're just saying, so you have two, two, two sons, you're saying, yeah? Yes. You have two kids. Do you ever have to go, like, to talk about it with, with one of them, at least, or with the oldest <laughs> one? Yeah. Ten years old, you said? Yeah, yeah. Was there a point where it goes, like, oh, what's that funny dress? Or what's, what's that? What are you doing, Mom? What's that all about? Um, not really. I mean, from day one, he was sort of covered in glitter. <laughs> um, there was always a speck of glitter to be found somewhere yeah, on his yeah, body. Yeah. Uh, And that glitter is a part of our life and our household. Mm -hmm. So it's completely natural for him to have a mother who dances around practicing her work uh, in her underwear and feather boa. And, you know, that's just completely that's, normal. I think um, that's interesting because they will be used to that from a very young age. So once they're, they grow up, they're growing up with that. It's cool in a way for their you know, personalities and characters mm. that they get used to it from yeah. a very young age. I'm it? sure there's going to be a time where it's probably going to be really embarrassing for him. You know, that awkward teenage time yeah. where you, no matter what your parents do, it's, it's there's embarrassing. There's always a, an angle where you can yeah. embarrass. And I'm sure people. it's probably going to be pretty embarrassing. We'll probably have to go through mm. all of that. Um, 
But then um, hopefully he'll come out the other side and go, oh, mum, you were kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You, you we'll never see. know. It might have backfired yeah, and you're like, oh, actually, I have the coolest, we'll I have the coolest mom. Yeah. I mean, I, there's a, one funny story I have about my oldest son and this burlesque uh, topic when burlesque and having children collide. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, I have my costumes and my things all around my flat because it's, I work from home and my office is there and... And he was, uh, I think, around four years old. And he was really, it was the Bob the Builder phase. So he was obsessed with Bob the Builder. And he had this yellow hard hat that Bob wears. And I was busy doing something in my, uh, with my costuming. And, and I turned around and he had his uh, builder, Bob the Builder hard hat on. And he had found a pair of my nipple pasties. And he held them up to his chest. <laughs> And he was like trying to get them to go into circles. And he was like, look, mama, I'm a lady, the Bob, the builder. Uh, (laughs) And I was like, that is so awesome in so many levels. Like you get it (laughs) because yes, you can be a lady, the Bob, the builder for sure. There are no rules. She was understanding the very... The concept of, of the the DIY concept of burlesque from, from four years yes, old. Yes, yeah. and just taking it. it and making it your own and being individual no matter what that is. And I would love to see one day <laughs> him do an act where he's a lady, the Bob the Builder would absolutely just make yeah, yeah, yeah. my day. That's um, a cool story. Because, yeah. yeah, that's really what burlesque is about. Mm-hmm. And uh, That's actually a cool story. So I'm pretty sure maybe you've done it before to share in your in your workshops and events. Look, even yes. my kid did it once. Yes. You know, it's just how it goes. <laughs> I mean, when you're, when you're such a, when you're four or five, six, it's also when you're discovering the world and you, you, not, you don't really judge things. Yes. You just take them and that's yeah, fine. Yeah, you know? sure. So that's also cool, yeah. <laughs> um, just before we finish, um, you were talking about the bedroom burlesque, mm. and and I'm not sure if you're doing anything regarding that soon. But what are your next events or workshops that you're going to be part of, so that people can discover a bit what you're doing? Great. So yes, I do regular workshops um, every month uh, at a place called Schönheitstanz Berlin. And that's near Friedrichstrasse Station. And it's a um, Berlin's first pole dance and burlesque studio. Uh, so it's a really beautiful, female-only, safe, little girly oasis in Berlin. It's such a beautiful studio. And that's where I teach there at Schönheit's Tanz. And um, I also will have my next bedroom burlesque boudoir event in September. Um, I have a wonderful website called bedroomburlesque.com, which has all of the information about my workshops and events and um, a blog about all of these things that I talk about and all of these things that I learn and experience along the way. Um, So, yes, if anyone wants to come and find out more and experience and get involved and just do if it's one workshop or do all of the workshops and then perform on stage, um, I would be absolutely happy to have um, more women coming and learning how empowering uh, burlesque can be. Okay. Are they in, are they are these bilingual? Um, is it in German, English? Or? I teach in English. Yes, um, but because it's visual as well, um, it's pretty easy to understand even with minimal English skills. It's you can still follow. So okay. So yeah. language is not a problem. Yeah. All right. 
Kulso Bedroom Burlesque. Actually, I think the name is very catchy. Yeah. Bedroom Burlesque is a good name. Mm-hmm. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was Lady Lou in episode in this episode number 11 for Berlin Tech. Thanks for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed. Follow, what's the website, sorry? Bedroomburlesque.com. Bedroomburlesque.com. That should be the main online reference for her work. So have uh, keep, keep your eyes open for burlesque events uh, around the city if you're interested as well. Um, thanks for listening. That was episode number 11. Thank you.